This is Zarina and the Grow and Learn podcast. Welcome. Today I'm welcoming Dr. Angela Mulrooney. She's an actual doctor. She's actually a dentist or used to be, and now she's a serial entrepreneur. She's known as the arsonist, or rather the arsonist, aka Dr. Angela Mulrooney. We're going to be speaking about being visible, specifically on LinkedIn and everything else that might help you in your entrepreneurship journey. Hi, Angela. Welcome. Hi, Zarina. Thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. I appreciate you joining us. <laughs> Angela, you, you have a very interesting story. You're the arsonist because you burned out everything that you had built after years of, uh, of successes. Tell us a bit about this. How did this come about? Well, after I lost my ability to practice dentistry, I spent eight years really trying to figure out what I was supposed to do with my life because um, I had wanted to be a dentist since I was two and I was 32 when that happened. So I ended up building brands around all my different talents. So the first company I built after my dental practice was a uh, a dance company. So in six months, we became the second largest adult-based Latin company in our city. And doing that, I took a year away from dentistry, just taking a break from everything that had happened. And in that time, I started to have these realizations that, you know, I've been through a lot of things in my practice. I had acquired skills that most people wouldn't acquire in a lifetime of being a dentist, let alone during my short career. So I decided to build another company, uh, which was my business coaching company for dentists to help them to be able to really find their passion in dentistry and be able to niche their practice into that. To get that company going, I took to LinkedIn and just started talking about what I knew about niching and passion. And in a year, I went from 200 to 12,000 industry followers. So people started to look at my profile and go, how did you do that? And uh, can you do that for me? So I started experimenting on a few of my colleagues outside of dentistry, um, their profiles to see what whether what I had done for myself was a unicorn situation or if it was actually replicable. And it was replicable. So that's where Unleashing Influence came about. So by the time Influence, Unleashing Influence came about, that was my third company. I was still running all the companies and they were all working really well and all taking off. Two months after I opened that company officially was when the pandemic hit to the day. And so my dental company got shut down really because dentists were so worried about their practices because they couldn't practice for three months. Dance, we weren't allowed to gather in Canada. So that one got shut down. And then my team said, you know, everyone else is getting laid off. Do you actually, do you want to lay us off? Like it's, you're not going to do anything bad um, if we have to do that. And I said, well, you know what? I have a feeling the social media agency is just going to take off. So buckle in, take care of yourselves, get lots of sleep and let's see what happens. So by 10 months into the pandemic, I had gone from two and a half full-time team members to 14 and I was spread so thin. And then the dental company started to come back. The dance company started to come back. And I realized that I was spread really, really thin and pulled in so many different directions because everything was working, which should have been a blessing, but it also felt like a curse at that time. So I decided I wanted to get away from snowflakes and because I wasn't able to go and travel and speak across the world like I had been before the pandemic, I decided to take off to Nicaragua um, and spend some time away while I could when I wasn't being required to be in a different city every every week. And uh, once I got here, I was like, okay, I'm going to change my life. Things are going to be different because now I've like burned down where I was living. I have burned down everything that I owned, like got rid of everything. And so I figured I was going to have a massive reset in my life. And what happened was I found myself. So good old Angela, who was working 100 hours a week, being addicted to entrepreneurship, followed me to Nicaragua. And it took me about three months to realize that. And I realized that I didn't want to be living that kind of life. I wanted to be able to, you know, make the kind of money I wanted in less hours, 
have some balance in my life instead of continuing to do years and years of this 100 hours a week. So I started to figure out, okay, what are the parts of my business that I really, really love? And how can I keep those and combine them into one thing? So I started burning down parts of my life. Again, this is where the arsonist comes from. And I burned everything down to just one company. So I kept Unleashing Influence, the name, got rid of the social media agency part of it, sold it to one of my team members, and just niched in on what I did best in all my different companies. I sold off the business coaching company for dentists. I sold off the dance company. So now I was just lean and mean, one company, just me. I didn't want to have any team members because 14 full-time team members was a lot for me. Um, and I wanted to just, you know, really focus on figuring out what I needed to do, what I was really meant to do in this world um, to be able to create more impact in people's lives. And that's what I ended up settling on. Impressive story. So uh, what is the current activity that you're developing with the, in, with the influence company? So with Unleashing Influence, all I do is help people to pivot to profitable entrepreneurship, leveraging LinkedIn and their personal brand to be able to do that. So the professionals who come to me, sometimes they're former C-suite executives, sometimes they're former healthcare professionals or professionals in other industries. And what they want to do is work a different way. So they have years of experience, usually 20 plus years. And they are seeing that, you know, this nine to five thing is great. I've had lots of achievement in it, but I want to create more legacy. And they're realizing the legacy that they want to create isn't doable within someone else's company. So they want to create courses that they can actually help people to do what they've done in their careers and help them to move forward while creating more impact. So they come to me to go through that pivot, which is in a 90 day period. We launch everything, build the whole business um, automation behind it, build the business enterprise, get their offer built out, teach them how to properly sell themselves because selling yourself is very different than selling for someone else and get them launched into the world and start creating that impact. And um, what does it entail for them to, I mean, after they learn to sell themselves, what do they actually need to do in terms of actions? What actions do they, do they need to publish? Um, articles, videos, what is the approach that you ask them to do to ju just join groups? I know I've read quite a few um, LinkedIn approaches for coaches or mm -hmm. and consultants. And I'm just wondering what is the different, different thing that you're teaching them? So what I recommend is that you have content approach and you also have messaging approach. So if you are just building content and you don't have any messages going out, you might get some people watching your stuff, but you're probably not going to get the right people watching. So while you're creating content, and I'll go into specifically what we do there, we're looking at how can we build an audience of the right kind of people that are most likely to actually want to buy from you. Sending messages out that polarize, so making a statement in that first message that either makes it go, yes, I want to talk to you, or no, I don't want to talk to you, so that we're eliminating people as quickly as possible from the funnel, so that by the time we get onto a discovery call, we have the right person there. So, when you're sending messages out, you can have amazing messages, but if you don't have anything to support your reputation, which is content and having a properly built out LinkedIn profile, then the likelihood that people are going to accept your invitation to connect or even converse with you is pretty low. So they want to be able to go and creep on your profile and see really what you're about. So that's where the content component comes in. And sometimes you'll create content and it's really just a brag page. What I teach people to do is teach what they do. 
Um, so teaching people how to help themselves, giving them do-it-yourself kind of information so that they can go and take that tactic and try it for themselves and keep coming back for that information until they reach a point of complexity where they go, okay, if I keep trying to do this myself, it's not going to work out very well. I need help now. But the whole point is to generously be showcasing what you actually do and how you help people so people can start helping themselves. So the majority of the content um, is, is video content. So the basis of everything is video. So we start with one video per week, and then we recycle that into different methodologies. So that video content can be recycled into an article. It can be recycled into a photographic post or an infographic post. There's lots of different ways that you can do it. But a lot of people try to just, you know, they'll hire a social media company and say, okay, I need this many posts. Angela said, I need two to three posts a week. And they don't put their own touch on it. So someone is making an approximation of what they think your brand should be. They are trying to uh, make an approximation of how you actually speak, but they don't actually have a true reference of that. And so when people are looking at your profile and wanting to see, you know, are you someone that you want, that they want to buy from? It's hard to just look at static content, photos, articles, um, infographics and go, okay, yeah, this person totally has my number. But when they can actually see video and they get to interact with that video and have emotional feelings because of it, and they get to see what you're doing and they get to see that you're constantly showing up and providing new information and fresh perspectives in your industry, that's when people really start to want to interact with you and want to get on a sales call with you is because they can really get to feel for you. And they know that no one else is producing it for you, right? You At this point, now AI is coming in and um, people are starting to be able to create videos, but they're still weird and not quite right. But for now, if you're creating a video, it's you and people know it's you. Um, so they have that, there's that comfort that we know that there's a true human being, not a social media agency, not anything else behind the content. Um, so they know it's, they're getting the, the person um, that they want to be speaking to through that video content. I see. All right. Well, this all, all sounds very good, but I, I'm wondering, don't you think that it's getting a bit, a bit saturated, the LinkedIn um, media as well, because... I am seeing it's really, at least from my perspective or maybe my contacts, I'm constantly seeing ads for consultants and coaches. Um, and it, they all seem to have a very similar approach, you know, make their statement, post short video, picture, you know, and then I just wonder who do they message then? Do they message their uh, connections? How, how do you approach the messaging? So the messaging, you want to be hitting them with something that is going to make them either say, yes, that's my problem or no, it's not my problem. If you're just like, there's, I get messages like this saying, hey, would love to connect. Let's get on a call. And it's like, well, you don't know anything about me yet. You're making a guess that I might be the right person, but you haven't done anything to actually get me to qualify myself as an ideal client or not. Um, you haven't given me anything to make me want to actually get on a call with you either. So you have to spend a bit of time nurturing. It used to be, you know, five years ago, you could send a message out and maybe you would get a call right away. But, you know, as we get our tactics exhausted, people want more and more from us. So having a conversation, so you're going to be pen palling back and forth a bit. Um, but you also want to give them the opportunity to have value. So having something beyond just the content, whether it's doing webinars, whether it's doing challenges, my clients all do challenges. And what that does is allow people to have time with you to really see if, they are a good fit for your program. And you're also getting the chance to see if these people are a good fit for who you want to work with. Um, because especially if you're doing higher ticket programs, and if you have any kind of guarantee, you want to make sure that you're getting the right people in your program so that you get to work 
<laughs> with the kind of people that you love to do, get to do the work that you love and also be able to create those outcomes. If you don't really know who's going to be showing up, then you're kind of going in blind. And that's what often happens with salespeople. Um, if you have someone selling your program for you, then you end up with a room of people that you're not really sure if they are a great fit. And oftentimes they're not, but the salesperson was trying to hit a quota. So they're trying to fill the room. So this is why I highly recommend leveraging challenges is because it protects the person who is creating the challenges. And it also protects the people who are in the challenge to see, you know, do I really like this person or were they just really good on camera for those 30 to 60 seconds once a week? Um, they really get, you get really get to know each other quite well through those. Mm -hmm. uh, what I meant when I asked you about messaging was, do you message your own contacts? It seems like there's a sending of an email from LinkedIn. It seems this is the approach. So you have to screen them in advance. Yeah, you definitely want to be, you don't, you want to be targeting um, very intentionally because well, LinkedIn, we used to be able to send out multiple, um, a large number of requests per month. Now we get 100 per week, right? So you get 400 per month. So the reason LinkedIn pulled back on how many invitations you could send out was because people were getting spammed. People are still getting spammed, let's be honest. But if you're going to be sending out blanket messages, you need to be figuring out who you actually want to target. Are they the right age range? Are they the right professional background? Are they the right area of the world or right area of the country? Um, so that you are getting as pinpointed on that as you possibly can, so that you have the greatest likelihood that someone is going to connect with you and also go through your funnel and potentially become a client. Now, for a lot of people, they'll, like, I still get messages as a dentist, like, do you want to buy some supplies? And I'm like, well, if you had gone through my profile, you would see I haven't been in clinical practice for a very long time. So I'm not a fit for those. But if they're just going by you know, this person has dentists at some point in their career, then they're targeting me because they didn't, they're not as discerning with how they're messaging things out. So people tend to binge on how many connection messages they send out. And it's not a good approach because then you're going to tick people off. That's one of the reasons people get turned off with LinkedIn period is because, you know, they're, they always feel like they're being spammed with pitches. So you do want to be discerning with that. But if you're building an audience, yes, if you haven't been intentional with how you are messaging in the past, you may want to message the people that you're already connected with. But if you're trying to build a new audience or you're pivoting to something where you're going to be appealing to a slightly different audience, then you're also going to be wanting to build your audience with new people. So you want to have messages that make sense to target those right people and also get them to qualify themselves as an ideal client or not. Um, and you you can use InMail for that. InMail tends to be less um, accepted than if you just use the basic 100 per week that you have. But for some people, if they're sending a really good message, the in-mail can supplement those 100 to be able to get more than 100 connections per week. Mm -hmm. And with this approach, what, what successes have you seen for your clients so far? How long have you been doing this uh, from Nicar uh, Nicaragua, correct? So I've been doing this since 2017, so mm -hmm. a long time before I was in Nicaragua. Um, so when we actually have the content and the messages, we have people being able to build at least six-figure companies in a year. just through organic tactics. So no paid advertising, just organic tactics. So good content with good messages that help to um, polarize the audience to say yes or no, and actually having conversations with those right people to get them through the right thing. But it has to go beyond just conversations. Like you have to have an engagement point where they get in the room with you. So we used to do webinars. That was an older tactic that we have eliminated. Now we just do challenges because then people get a higher touch point 
Um, and then people get invited from the challenge to a discovery call if they're a good fit for the program. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I am also going to show the challenge that is upcoming that you're leading. This is this challenge starting on the 2nd of October. Can you tell us a bit more about it? I'll so just in put the link below the sure. description. Yeah. So with this challenge, um, it's five days. So five one-hour sessions. It goes Monday through Friday, and I repeat it every month. So if you miss this one, you can join the next one. But what I'm doing is helping people to understand the foundation of what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Because a lot of people decide, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur, and they haven't got their mindset right. They haven't put the pieces in place to actually have the grit to make it as an entrepreneur. I'm sure you've seen friends, you know, they, they're like, oh, I have this great business idea. And then three months later, you find that they've gone back to being an employee because they ran out of money. They didn't get instant success like they thought they were going to get. And so then they get scared and go back to what is comfortable. So this whole week actually goes through, you know, burning away the things that have gotten you to where you want to go, but aren't going to get you to the place that you want to be in future. It also helps you to set up contingency plans so that, you know, when things go right, how do you get yourself back on track? How do you actually know that you're doing the right thing? And also, how do you pick the right lane to be in? Because a lot of people, especially, you know, when they've got 20, 40 years of experience in their industry, they have a whole bunch of things that they get offered to the world. And so trying to pick their lane is really scary because they feel like they're leaving money on the table. They feel like they're leaving tools on the table. And so we really we get them to niche into their zone of genius in that week as well. So that when they're creating their personal brand, they're very, very clear to the market who they are, what they're doing. And then that also allows them to build out their business to actually stay in that niche of genius instead of trying to be a jack or jill of all trades and make sure that they can serve everybody, um, which is a bad marketing plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is definitely a challenge, leaving things and skills on the table. And in which day do you teach this? And, uh, can you maybe give us a few tips on how to define what to burn? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love talking about burning. Um, so the second day of the challenge is the um, niche into your genius. And one of the tricks that was actually how I picked what I was doing when I decided to burn down the companies was I decided to take all the skills that I had and put them on little sticky notes. So I wrote a single skill on each sticky note and put them on a, put it on a whiteboard. And I have quite a background, like I was a dentist, professional dancer, um, business coach, and social media agency. So I had all these different skills. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, how am I going to narrow this down? So I put them all on sticky notes, put them on this whiteboard, and looked at it and went, Hey, this is, this is a lot. So I took the night, went for a run, came back the next morning and looked at it and was like, there's got to be a pattern here. So what I did was I took all the skills that I loved and put them in one corner. And everything that I didn't like went into the other corner. And then I started ordering them in order of what I loved most. And what came out was my top three skills. So this is what I ask people to do when we're trying to pick out their niche of genius is figure out what are those top three things that if you could only do those top three skills, could you commit to those for the next five years and be happy? And what we do is package those into what your, your genius is. So if we have a topic of genius, we probably have three subtopics that we're really good at. Now, your other skills, your experience and stuff is still going to be supporting that, but it's just not what we're putting out to the marketplace. So what I want them to figure out is, okay, how do we package those three things into a presentation of title on LinkedIn saying, okay, this is what I do best. 
And then here are the three subtopics of what I do. And then that allows them to create content that supports that zone of genius as well um, with everything that they're putting out. Awesome. This this on itself sounds like a difficult task. I'm I'm imagining how how long it would take me to define those, you know, genius three skills. Um, but yeah, it's it sounds definitely like a great approach. Where are you going next, uh, Angela? What what are you aiming for now that you've burned so much and now that you've created something new that you're passionate about? So my here's the problem. I'm passionate about everything. Uh, it's not that I haven't been passionate about the other things, but what I want to do is just keep going deeper and keeping more, get more and more narrow into my zone of genius and just keep changing more lives with what I'm doing. Because I feel like I've got the right combination now. Um, and I've been doing this combination for a couple of years now. And now it's just get better and better at it and get to the top of the marketplace with it. But no new endeavors. That's the mm -hmm. rule right now. So, so what are your top three um, areas of genius? So my top three skills are, the first one is I'm really good at cracking people open. So I can get into a session with someone and get them to talk to me. I can find out what their story is. I can find out what their skills are and be able to pick what their zone of genius actually is. The second thing I'm really good at is helping them to fully own that genius. Because when we're going into, we're going narrow and deep into something, it is really scary. And there's a massive identity shift that happens that sends people running back to being an employee. So I'm very good at helping them to have the skills to actually stay in that zone of genius. And then I'm very good at helping them to burn away everything else and give them the confidence that they can do that and giving them the blueprints to be able to do that. So those three things together allow me to be in what I do best. My full zone of genius is helping people to pivot to profitable entrepreneurship by burning away everything else that is standing in their way. Wonderful. Angela, this was a pleasure. What have I missed asking you that is important for knowing what to burn <laughs> or otherwise? <laughs> Honestly, trusting your gut. Because if you can trust your gut and feel into what you intuitively know you should be doing, it becomes so much easier. When we have these massive identity, like you it's almost like a war that happens inside of us. It's usually because we know what we want to do and we have this feeling that this is what I'm meant to be doing. And then we have outside people saying, well, you should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. And so we have all these outside advisors that don't quite get what's going on inside of you. And so they tend to try and pull you back to where you were because they're comfortable with who you were. Um, and so when you can actually fully trust you know, what you're doing, be able to stand in that and say, this is what I'm meant to be doing and tell these people to stop shooting all over you, then you are able to actually get really comfortable burning things away. But it's until you get to that point of that comfort with yourself, then you're going to have doubts and you're going to be having this war and it's going to slow you down. You're going to have thoughts that are circling around this. Maybe I should be doing this. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And that is exhausting. Um, but once you can actually get comfort and tell those people to stop, then that is the biggest thing that people need to do to really burn things away and step into their zone of genius. Mm -hmm. Do you ever miss your previous job being a dentist? I still have dreams that I get to be a dentist. Um, but it's funny because a lot of things that I do now, I was doing when I was a dentist as well, because I catered to people who were terrified of the dentist. So they had to go through identity shifts. I had to understand and crack them open as to what was going on that caused them to be on that path and then help them to actually burn away those, those traumas that they had to be able to be a patient. So 
it's really interesting. And same with my dance company, same with my coaching company. So I've actually been doing all these things. I just hadn't pinpointed what those really genius points were um, until I decided to fully go in on this one thing. Wonderful. Wishing you a lot of success. Thank Hope you. you can um, help your clients reach tremendous successes as well. And again, the the um, challenge the challenge that you're leading is called and how can people find it actually apart from the link what is it called it's called the pivot to profitable entrepreneurship challenge so if they can't find it on the just google searching it if they pop onto linkedin and go to my profile which is dr angela mulroney um, every piece of content that i post has a link to it so you can find it there as well awesome Thank you so much for this uh, informative and inspirational talk. Awesome. Thank Thanks, Serena. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.